Nicole. Hi, Evie. How are you? I'm so good. I'm oh. so good now that we're back. We're back. Queers. Cheers. Cheers to the queers. Woohoo! Well, that was quite a hiatus, huh? That was. Well, like we talked about, it's been two years we've been doing the show. And so it was okay to take a few weeks off. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was not all planned. Uh, we... There was a baby. There, yeah, a baby, a baby got born, born, and just things started snowballing. And well, then, and then uh, this snowballing in winter is pretty common here in Michigan. Well, you are in LA though, so explain that. Riddle me that. Riddle me that. Riddle Batman. me that. You, it was probably a wax snowman at the at the okay, wax it's museum. A joke went too oh, far. Yeah. I love you though. <laughs> Tried to keep it going. Keep going. Whoa. <laughs> um. Well, and then we had a little. Uh, both had colds. Yeah. COVID free. Safe. Yeah. Yeah. COVID free. Uh, but yes, definitely got a little head cold there. Yeah. Um, I know. It's amazing that like colds have the audacity to still be around. I know. Like, what the <laughs> hell is that about? Like, read the room, babe. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Come on. <laughs> like, it's obviously like you're freaking us the fuck out. I've, so I've been sick for like eight years, right? Not really, but like just get congested and stuff. And every day it's a battle. Every day I'm like, am I sick? And then sometimes I swallow too much because I'm trying to like, does it hurt? Does it hurt? Does it hurt? Yeah. So I've been fucking doing this to myself for. So then you swallowed so many times. So that it starts getting sore. Yeah. Your throat sore. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's a good way to make yourself sick. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, you know, I did my part. We did our part with being vaccinated and wearing masks. And um, I love masks outside also i've learned like it's so nice to protect your face oh my god from the cold absolutely and also i've just really started realizing how like much i like i do tend to talk to myself a lot even in public right yes and i know that most of the time when i'm by myself in public anywhere and i'm talking to myself i look a little bit like oh we better avoid that crazy lady right yeah and now it's like I can say anything I want in my because when I'm when I have when I'm when I don't have the mask on, right? Like I'm very aware of like not saying the wrong thing under my breath, but now sure. I can. Say whatever you want I can under say there. Whatever yeah. the fuck I want. Yeah. Do you find yourself making weird faces under your mask? All the time. What is that? Why am I always going? <laughs> I'm, I'm constantly stretching my mouth out, I, like it's so weird. And I'm like, I'll, I'll like take it off and look at the in the mirror to see what I'm doing. And I'm like, why the fuck am I even doing that? Like, I don't know if I'm trying to move the mask around, but yeah, goofy, yeah. I definitely make weird faces. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's not a terrible uh, thing. I, I mean, I imagine that it's probably gonna be like this for good anyway. Just people wearing masks, but sign me up. I love it. And you know, honestly, it it is it's become so pervasive, at least in our lives, that at this point now, whenever I watch anything on TV right? or Netflix or anything where it's just there's no mask, I'm like, well, that's not <laughs> safe. <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm the exact same way. I was thinking about that the other day. So there's actually there's two ways this goes. Um, one, TV shows address COVID, right? And I hate that. Yeah. I just don't want to see it. I see it enough. Like, I don't want to see it. But then two, they don't. And I hate that too. <laughs> I'm like, like I, I, anything I watch when there's big groups and there's no masks, I'm like, ew. But then when they do it, like, like Grey's last season or whatever did COVID, and so I don't have one any part of watching that. 
all go down because it's like it's just too much so i don't too real you know what i was thinking about the other day though do you remember when um the pandemic first started and immediately i'm saying within like a month or two once we knew we were going like staying in a lockdown for a minute like remember at first we thought it would be two weeks but um hulu put out this uh program the series called love in the time of corona or something like that (laughs) And I was just thinking about how they fucking marketed that so immediately. It was like a Hallmark movie series of like these love stories, but but everybody's quarantined. Well, so, I, yeah, I mean, I remember watching a shit ton of like pandemic related movies and yeah. shows at that time just in general, just because it was like... I don't know, somehow made me feel like less alone in the world. Yeah, see, I'm the opposite. <laughs> I can't... I can't. I used to fucking love that movie, Contagion. Yeah, that was one of them. Can't watch it now. So, not that's a very, very different kind of virus. I mean, this was definitely brutal, but that was a little different. But I don't know why I liked it as much as I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was another comfort movie, like along with Midsummer. Uh, but now can't do it. I don't want any part of it. Yeah. But then yeah. again, like I said, when I see like it doesn't exist at all. It's weird to find the happy middle too, though. Like the show you remember that last season, he talked a bit. They talked about about the um, pandemic, like, but they didn't wear masks. And there's no part of me like half of that cast I know would have worn masks. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So I'm like, it's weird. Don't bring it up and not wear masks. But do yeah, you bring it up? Or I do mean, you not? yeah, right. And it also it, there's yeah, there's just not a lot of um, oh god, I can't even think of the word that I'm looking for right now. Uh, you know when something is consistent there's not a lot of consistency yeah, sure. in in any of it you know yeah. what i mean like yeah it's like okay we're going to bring up you know the pandemic and lockdown but yeah we're not going to be wearing masks even though at least like you said some of the characters would, would yeah and then there's no real discussion about anything either so yeah. it's sort of like well but to be fair i imagine through it i imagine being in that industry and writing shows right now is really tough because I wouldn't know exactly what to do either because almost all you almost have to really lean into it if you are really gonna like write a show during the pandemic everything that's going on with it I feel like that would that would over like um over like that would the pandemic would consume everything you know like it, there would end up being like discussions about people masks not masks politics. yeah i mean but yeah. that's sort of the thing too like it's an easy like build in to like well like it depends anything. on the show i mean like the show the show superstore i thought did a really good job with like the way they were dealing with the pandemic yeah i mean because yeah they had their cast you know wearing masks and stuff like that except for in certain situations but also they were kind of you know making fun of like all of the the things about us as a society and how crazy yeah. we were going you know like at some point somebody thought that they had been contaminated so they rush them out to the yard center the garden center and they hose them off yeah. with a hose you know what I mean like kind of goofy yeah. like overreaction type shit with this stuff yeah. and so, like it played in really well yeah I think that's a, a show that could definitely do that because it does take place in that kind of like environment yeah. where people are fucking nut jobs yeah. yeah but a show like you that doesn't really have anything to do with it I could see where it'd be tough to really lean into it because that show isn't anything about it it's such a different you know it's a character driven show that isn't as much it does have some stuff to do with the you know their like the environment surrounding them but it's more about the people so it would have been I mean I guess it could have done a little more but still like I get that it would be hard as a writer to like I mean I don't okay listen here's the thing 
I and I can't answer this, but you as a single person maybe can. Okay. <laughs> and here's well, and it's this, right? Yeah. It's because in you, like it it wasn't hard for people to just start making out with each other, mm-hmm. like all over the place, right? Like it seems to me like post-pandemic. Mm, that is there, it's tricky. Yeah. You I know what I mean? There would be a little bit more like, are you negative <laughs> conversations happening? You know, like, are you yeah. vaccinated? It's just some kind of like, that, you know, I mean, as opposed to just starting to make out with just fucking everybody. Well, that's what I mean. Like in a show, in the context of a show, that would be a really like, especially when you're supposed to have like be building a moment that has sort of that, you know, that um, that's like. Uh, intimate in nature in that way it would be such a fucking buzzkill for people watching it to, ha- to hear the people have that conversation <laughs> because it's like I don't know I just feel like it would take away from the actual storyline the, the narrative that's yeah I get it but, but then I mean, also then there's no need to even bring up the pandemic that, that's right? what I mean like it's weird to bring it up but then to not address it yeah I mean it's not consistent yeah exactly yeah. but again also as a writer I imagine it's fucking hard because you probably yeah I, I can't imagine having to write through this shit right now Unless you have something like an opportunity, like Super Short, where it's a, a whole storyline, or like Grey's Anatomy, where it's a storyline that you can use. Yeah. Shit, that girl, Meredith, stay in coma the whole fucking season. Yeah. Well, and also in you, like they did sort of like have like a COVID storyline with the whole measles thing. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like there was definitely opportunity because I mean, like why else did they do the measles? Exactly. Thing? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So no, for sure. Definitely yeah. opportunity. But they still, to, yeah. And they still kind of stayed on the sidelines a little bit yeah. with it. Like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, whatever. This is not a critique of you. It's <laughs> no. a critique of me. And it actually is. That's actually works <laughs> perfectly with our topic today. Um, should we get to topic? Let's let's do topic. Okay. New queer, new you. Oh, I like that. Are we starting? <laughs> we can start whenever you want, baby girl. We started. That's it. That's it. That is the intro. That's that it. Is, oh my god, it's so boss. That was the it's clip. Like fetch. Oh boy. Oh boy. So. New year, new queer, right? New year, new queer. I was going to say happy, what is it? Oh, happy new queer. 2022, 2022. Yeah, right? 2022. Ooh, 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 ooh. I'm really good at that. <laughs> so maybe at another point, 20... a podcast will sample us. 20, boo. No, that doesn't, no. I don't know about you. But it's 2022. <laughs> There's this thing on TikTok though that it's this remix and it's I don't know about you and then this lady comes in and goes, "Bitch, I hope the fuck you do." And I can't ever sing that song without that. Like that's the only thing I think of is like, "I don't know about you, bitch, I hope the fuck you do." <laughs> so that's that's, that's pretty great. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um. So are you a new queer this year? Uh, trying to be, trying to be. I mean, here's the thing: resolutions are kind of dorky. So, are you a new queer from last year's queer? Not yet. <laughs> so, 2023 is going to be my year. But, <laughs> but you've got all of 2022 to make I up know. for it. Um, did you make any resolutions? No. No. Yeah. No, I'm not really a resolution kind of girl. I feel like we kind of talk about this every year at this time. Yeah. And we both come up with, no, we're not really New Year's resolutions kind of girls. And... No, because they don't, they don't work. Like, they don't, <laughs> it doesn't, it just gives, like, added, like, pressure. Um, but what I did want to talk about tonight is like, 
instead of thinking about what we have to do, maybe celebrate what we have done already. You know, like instead of like resolutions, actually kind of uh, pat on the back about how far. About the come. revolutions that we've revolutions made. Revolutions versus resolutions. <laughs> We should like, I feel like we could really like, base a multi-level marketing company at on that. this point. I mean, the t-shirt like slogans are just boom, 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 spitballing right out of us. I mean, we could be like the next smiley face on a t-shirt. Absolutely. I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's right. Um, so, uh, yeah. So new year, new queer. I thought talk a little bit about, um, where we've come and how far we've come. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to say that for you because I don't want to speak for you, but for myself, I feel like I've definitely made some good changes. Um, still need to make some, still need to make some, but yeah, I'm on the right path. Because, uh, yeah, I, I kind of was an asshole before. <laughs> like, I mean, I made some big mistakes. And, you know, I think this conversation is interesting because it really plays into a, a big thing that's going on now, which we have talked about before, which is cancel culture, right? Um, so many people are so quick to cancel people. Now, Granted, there are certainly reasons to cancel people. Right. But there's also things that, like, people will pull up a tweet or something from 10 years ago. Or not 10 years ago, because I don't Twitter or thing. Yeah. But, like, five years ago or something and, and cancel people. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's a little intense. It's a little yeah. intense. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said for accountability. But once that person, if they address it and, like, make the appropriate apologies and you can see they're trying to be better, people are changing. I mean, I feel like we really have to be a little more gentle with people and let them move on a little bit, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I have an example of what I think you're talking about, like in terms of like the cancel culture thing and, um, stop me if you've heard this one before. Okay. But see, do you remember a few years ago, it was way before like the first bit of the pandemic hit. So maybe like three or four years ago, um, Liam Neeson, the actor was giving an interview about something and he was talking about how he was racist and he had been at this bar one day and he had like, like legit just wanted to like beat this man up because he was black. Right. Yeah. And this had been like, wow. right. I mean, okay. Terrible, like terrible, sure. like not cool at all. Right. Yeah. But like when he was giving the interview or whatever, it was like, he was talking about it from the perspective of like, like what he's done to try to like move past his racism, like what he's done to try to get out of like his racist thinking and his racist ways. But like everybody kind of came down on him for just being racist. Sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. So it's like, it's really hard, I think in public spaces for public people to come to that kind of accountability, which is why I think most of the time they just double down and become bigger assholes. Yeah. Because when you do try to take accountability for something, people still come after you. Oh yeah. And it's, it's like, first of all, I think all white people are fucking racist inherently sure, anyway. Right, yeah. So like for a dude like that to like even come to that conclusion and have that kind of self-examination and stuff like that and be able to talk about it, I thought was like pretty, it's a, it's a big first yeah, step in, sure. in yeah. a way to like heal and move past that, you know? And I mean, like, I think that's something white people need to do more of Yeah. instead of like coming after this dude for, well, you know what I mean? And I'm talking specifically to the white community. I mean, black people, people of color can be pissed all, all well, they want about shit like yeah. that. Absolutely. It's, it's funny because all, one thing I've noticed in social media, especially like 
it's the white people that are constantly calling out white people. Right. But like, and then they're either choosing to accept the apology or not. When in reality, it's not really our apology. We don't get to accept it or not. You know, like people of color, black people, they are the ones who get to make that choice. You know what I mean? And I just, I don't know. Like, I feel like we just, um, we like oversaturate any, anything that's ever going on, any community, anything. We have to jump in and like make it all about us. Well, yeah, it becomes like this performative, like anti-racism as opposed to actual anti-racism. You know what I mean? Like, see, I'm more woke for lack of a better term than you, you know, see, I can pick this out and tell you why this is wrong as opposed to trying to move the conversation forward. And like back when I was in like the social justice movement more prevalently, I remember like a lot of conferences, like the, there was a lot of con, there was a lot of talk about like calling people in instead of calling people out. Right. And in in other words, yeah. yeah. So in other words, like calling people out is that sort of, you know, jumping on the bandwagon and, and that pitchfork and, you know, lighting the fires and being like, well, you're wrong and you're racist and this is why. As opposed to calling someone in and like trying to have that conversation, like holding up a mirror to them and being able to have that conversation to push forward. Yeah. Right. As opposed to, I mean, when you call somebody out, what's the first response generally? Like I said before, it's to be defensive. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're going to be defensive because. You're like, what the fuck? Who the fuck are you, right? Who the fuck are you to tell me what's in my heart? I'm not fucking, you know, this. I'm not the, I'm not that. I'm not the other thing, right? That's mm-hmm. immediately where you go. But when instead, when you call somebody in and have like sort of a, a conversation about it, as opposed to saying, oh, you're racist, saying, you know, something else along the lines of like, well, what led you to think that way? And, you know, do you think that you've evolved from that? Or, or what have yeah, you done to, sure. you know, to change that sort of thought process in your mind, you know, that, that would be something more like calling somebody in to sort of challenge their thinking okay, and, and get them to move past it and move through it. Right. And I think that's what we do. Like, especially on Twitter. It's so Twitter's, fun. It's call out, call out, call Twitter's out. Brutal. It, it I mean, is brutal. Like I'm terrified. Like the, the most liked tweet I've ever had was like 300. I don't ever want to like go viral. Yeah. Like that scared me enough. Yeah, you're <laughs> no, no, you don't, can't don't deal with your social media um, Twitter is by far, I think, the fucking crudest platform, and it's so brutal, and it's so. Uh, but I don't use it often. Um, did I ever tell you I was kicked off Twitter for calling Trump a fugly slut? But I did it because it was like a Mean Girls thing, so I wasn't like even trying to slut shame him. And they literally kicked me off. But, like. <laughs> like a week or 10 you're like if i were trying to slut shame i totally get it what i was saying was "Mm." my account was banned um i have like seven followers my account was banned all my followers are so sad you know i mean i I get that i have that kind of fame too on twitter yes well you you're kind of into twitter even i see you on twitter and in the twitterverse Um, yeah but i like i said like my most liked tweet ever was like 300 and i'm good with that we can never go beyond that okay because that's when people start getting like <laughs> yes. crazy on your oh ass you know um and it, it is scary too to like do anything and worry about saying the wrong thing i mean the, the, but you know i mean whatever so is life um but i think it's kind of similar to when like uh like you know it's queer people when i see like these articles and stuff talking about how like uh 
you know, I, it, like using the queer community as like to make like ridiculous claims about like um, people now want to change, you know, Santa's gender. So it's not, you know, Mr. Claus anymore. Like it wants to be more gender inclusive and queer people never fucking say that stuff. We're not like, we're not doing that. It's just, everything is so like, you know, they, they take it too far. And I say they, I don't exactly even know who they are is, but like take it so far as far as like making it, like it needs to be so correct on all levels and people aren't like that. And I feel like it, it's definitely people that aren't queer that are kind of trying to sabotage it, make us look like we're absolutely fucking ridiculous about things. Nobody cares about Santa's gender. Nobody cares, you know, I can see race being more of an issue because like that's, it, it's really important, I think, for especially for little kids to see, you know, that. And But I mean, like, it, just stuff like that, just, I don't know. I feel like it's, it makes it, that, then it kind of gives people the sort of idea of like, oh, you can't see anything these days. Can't say anything these days yeah. without getting called out. And half of the time, it's not even the community that's being affected by what they're talking about that are making those statements. Like, you know, we don't, we, we don't care about it. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't want to speak for everybody, but. I mean, listen, I think I've always dreamed of a lesbian Santa. I mean, I like the idea, but it's still, nobody's <laughs> fucking, nobody's complaining about that. I've nobody's actually like, never dreamed of that. I've not, never, ever yeah. dreamed of that. No. And like. Nobody gives a shit if you say Merry Christmas. Like, yeah, it's nice to say Happy Holidays. It's just more inclusive. Right. But, like, people who don't celebrate that or don't, you know, subscribe to that aren't, like, protesting. Don't say Merry Christmas. It's just they're just, I feel like it's kind of like the satanic panic thing we were talking about. Like, making things so much more, like, like a bigger deal than what it really is. And it's not even the community that's being affected. That's making it a big deal. Right. And so I feel like there's just this fucking group of like, my guess is it's straight men. That's just my guess. Maybe some straight women too, um, that are saying these things that get, that, you know, get people that are kind of like in, um, you know, not, maybe not the queer community that are just like, you know, you can't say anything. You can't do anything without offending people these days. And I feel like it's just, at this point, it's so hard to walk that line in, in you know, in life, like, and really find the truth of what people think and feel and what, if what you're saying, if it is hurtful or not, if it's actually hurtful, or actually not hurtful. Right. So people who come to the table with like, here's what I'm doing, <clears throat> you know, not asking for people to teach them because I don't think it's, you know, any, any community's job to teach another person how to be respectful and tolerant. But, like, still, I feel like there's a little bravery in, like, saying, this is who I am and this is what I said, you know, metaphorically speaking, um, is that a problem? You know what I mean? Like, being a little authentic. Because if you're just tiptoeing around any line, there's no real change being made. No, for sure. It's performative, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the thing. I mean, like, it's really hard to have these kinds of conversations, I think, in general. And I think especially when a person is unfamiliar with a community or the language to use while talking about particular people within a community. Right. Yeah. It can be like a really fucking even more difficult conversation to have. Like back when I used to work for the LGBT org that I worked for. Right. Yeah. And you'd get a lot of people who would call because, you know, somebody in their life had come out, you know, whether it was their kid or, or whatever. Right. And they would want to have these conversations and show the person in their life, you know, that they were 
supportive, but they didn't have the language around it, right? Yeah. Like they didn't know how to say these things. And even though they're coming from a place of love, a lot of the language that they use is, you know, like not particularly helpful language, let's mm-hmm. say, right? So it's, you know, like when you're coming from a place of love and you don't know the language, or at least a That's- place of like, wanting to understand it sure coming from ignorance but you're wanting to understand something more uh it's you know it's helpful to be talking to someone who will help you navigate that right because not everybody will yeah you said what you did what this that you shouldn't do that and then all of a sudden you know you find yourself on like the other end of like a firing squad where everybody's like you know not and i'm not talking about people who are like willingly ignorant about it and just cruel no, and stuff no, like no, that. No. But I mean, if you are, yeah, if you're open to it, I, I mean, I don't specifically know the Liam Neeson story. Um, I was probably but, telling it but, really inarticulately too. No, no. And I don't remember job. all the ins and yeah. outs of it, but I just remember thinking like, you know, people have to be able, like, white people have to be able to say, yeah, I yeah, have struggled with this and I'm, you know, trying to figure the fuck out, you know, because that's a huge part of the problem is. Well, and then, so to really articulate what I'm saying, because it is kind of hard to navigate this conversation, but articulate what I'm saying is the people that are going to fucking come at him are all like white people, you know, not that like, you know, people of color, black people won't like be affected by that, but they're the ones who are truly affected by it. But it's all the white people that are going to be like, Blah, 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 blah. You should see the comments in like videos and stuff like that. I mean, it's fucking young white people are exhausting. Like the way that we just involve ourselves in all of it and pretend that we're the ones who should be apologized to. You know, like there's this whole like oppression Olympics going on. There is that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, I think there's a lot of things to be genuinely upset and worried about in like in life and like there are certain battles that I just don't think are worth waging right like um okay so for example a bunch of years ago I was at a conference and the conference uh was queer oriented sure but this particular workshop was something like the trans to prison pipeline and I was Ooh, interesting. Yeah, very interested in the subject. I really wanted to go and learn from it. And I ended up walking out of the session because one of the people on the panel was, uh, I feel like a 17 year old high school student. <laughs> and he said at some point, some, some woman asked a question. She was a teacher and she asked something about, you know, kids. And I can't remember what her question was. It's completely irrelevant because the first thing that came out of this guy's mouth was, first, I'm going to stop you. Oh, that is such a fuck. I can't. I'm I'm getting triggered. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm going to stop you because kid actually means baby goat. And I do not identify as a baby goat. So I think it's offensive when we call children kids. And that's when I got up and left because I was like, okay, this is just not something to fucking like this is not harmful to like legit anybody. Like you are now looking for something to be harmed by. There are some real fucking issues in this fucking world. And that is not one of them. I mean, and this coming from a community where we have puppies and, and fucking ponies and, and otters. And I mean, like we are fucking weirdos in the bedroom and 
you're worried about somebody calling you a kid like really um, that's just too much for me you know I had uh not to interrupt your story but before I forget this I had a job once working in the queer community and my boss was so fucking ridiculous about that stuff I wasn't allowed to use for a kid and I was working with kids but I don't remember the goat thing but she just said that kid it, it was offensive somehow. I, I truth be told, I I don't know. I don't remember how. I mean, I could get it in terms of like you know not wanting to alienate somebody because of ageism or whatever. Like I can get on a, board with that. It was a but youth like, group though. When you're talking, yeah, right. It was a youth like it was no, it was literally. But when you're talking, yeah, you're not allowed to be not a, a kid when in the youth group. Like you, it was all, they were kids. She like everything I said, everything, and I was like twenty one or two at the time and you know then this was a long time ago too so I was a fucking walking nightmare and my but my boss would be like and she would always do like I'm gonna gently caress you here <laughs> okay I'm gonna stop you now <laughs> I but I can see 100% what you're saying like it's so hard to explain to people like we don't care that much about this but we care about this and I guess you can't really say what is offensive to some people and what shouldn't be, whatever. But there sure, is absolutely. just, like, this fucking, like, it's exhausting. And, okay, you know what? This is this is funny. This is bad and funny, but I think it, it kind of ties into here. Um, I dated somebody uh, for a while, and I took her to Michigan Women's Union Sex Hospital when we were there. And she was um, a, a really honest person about things. She didn't just didn't she didn't walk that line at all you know like she was just like what the fuck is this like and she you know we talked a lot about how people would over be over performative at festival like like it, i mean even like when it goes comes down, down to parking there the the power that the women took there like you know what i mean like they would just act so ridiculous about everything and they were so condescending and like oh yeah and i remember the tracker drivers were the worst. And it's so you saw they make they try to make you feel so small, and they try to use like these gentle words, but like it's so condescending and it's annoying as fuck to be honest. But what was even worse was that so we went to this, um, you know, we went to the festival. I had a great. It, we'll, we'll get into festival one day, but great time for other reasons and stuff. But like you know, obviously it was super problematic too. But then um, there's also a Facebook page for the festival now if there's any other time that people are even more obnoxious it was like the facebook page oh my people. god so uh i remember sitting specifically outside of my sister's house when we were visiting in kentucky and there was this post at the facebook page for the you know festival and this girl remember when people like ask for woo woo was like this yes. it's a cute idea this basically it's like you know what um, you know, like shares and prayers on Facebook, basically that, or like, you know, send me good energy. She lost her Apple TV remote. So she asked the group for woo. No, it was a funny post. It was like kind of cute. And like, I need y'all like, and I don't know if anybody's had a fucking Apple TV, but that remote is impossible to so find once lost. I, I, we, we've got one somewhere. Yes. Somewhere. I had to tape it. I had to tape it to a buoy. Because I kept losing it. Well, we've got one somewhere in our house. And let me tell you, I've cleaned that house top to bottom. Fuck. I don't know where it fucking went. So so it was it was just like, oh my God, did this girl start a shit storm? The amount of people like commenting and it was what and it was like, 
this is such a first world pub, blah, 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 blah. And it was just, but it started there and it got so insane what people were talking about. And I'm talking about the Oppression Olympics. It was there and we were reading them all. And I almost said her name, but, and my girlfriend at the time goes, watch this. And she, she literally posted, this is why women will never run the world. Oh, no, 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 she, to be fair, she kind of did it, like, I mean, she was, oh, she was trying she, to start yeah, hot, oh, my God, I swear to God, I thought, like, I could see the heads exploding all across the country, it was, like, it was so funny, she ended up having to leave the group, but, like, but she was, like, seriously, she's, like, these, this straight, this, this whole conversation here, this is why women will never run the world. Like, and it was just, it was so bad. And it, but it was, it was funny. She was really being, um, uh, she was trying to be uh, controversial, but it was I, controversial. I, I'd yeah. say that she, she won that. Oh round. <laughs> the whole thing made me just like, God, it was like so exhausting trying to have those conversations. Well, okay. So this is something that could be offensive and I didn't know, but I did ask a woman what part of Australia she was from once and she was from New Zealand and oh my God, she fucking laid into me. She laid into me for enough that I waited for the next tractor. She embarrassed me in front of, like, so many people. I I mean, you know what? For our Australian listeners or New Zealand listeners, if there's the beef there, I don't know what it is. I don't know the deal, so I don't know, you know? But I just, I, I thought she was in Australia, and I have a friend who lives there, and I was just asking. But she, I mean, she, like, literally embarrassed me and was just like, what? It's one of those things well, that kind of makes you not want to learn about it. Okay, so it's like... uh we had, uh, well, somebody that we know was dating this person who was one of those, like, snotty, like, <sighs> very, uh, very proud of herself kind of people. A gentle reminder. Yes. Very happy with herself with pretty much everything that she did. And um, we were at breakfast with them one day. And I really wasn't a fan of this person at all. Sure. But, you know, you do the things to, you know. So we're, we're at breakfast and I was talking about this band that Amos and I liked from Slovakia, but during the conversation, I couldn't remember. I was like, they're from Slovakia or Slovenia, one of those Eastern European countries. And she says to me, well, that's racist. And, and again, it was, yeah, one of those things where I, and like, it caught me so off guard and irritated the fuck out of me so much because first of all, it wasn't racist. It was definitely ethnocentrist, right? Like sure. I don't fucking know my Eastern European countries from Adam, even though I'm mostly Eastern European myself. Right. Yeah. But it's not racist, but it's also like that kind of like, she just needed to call me out yes. so that she could show that she's a better person than me. And yeah. I don't, I think that that's just yeah. shitty behavior, you know? Yes. And those are the people mm-hmm. like now at this point now, I mean, Gen Z, y'all fucking what the fuck? Like they are just, all over everybody about everything. Like I said, I mean, show, just watch comments for any video, anything. And it's, everybody is like, you can't say that you can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. And these are usually fucking 15 year olds is the worst part. But like, I mean, listen, figure it all out and fix the world, please. Bless, I love that. Bless I your hearts. But the, but the, the method of attack has to change because there's no room for any conversation. And again, it, it, it would be a different conversation if it was the people that were actually affected by the video or affected, you know, it's usually not those people. It's fucking like, it's white people that aren't. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, I want 
not your fucking place. Yeah. Like, you don't, I don't know. I, I feel like we're just all, anything that's happening anywhere in the world, we're like, well, obviously it involves me and I need to be a part of it. Yeah. And then, yeah, and it can be really exhausting, though, to fucking talk to somebody like that. And, I mean, I get it. Well, I have, wait, hold on. I have a question. Sure. So do you think, though, that social media and stuff is actually designed to foster those kinds of discussions? Or do you think it's really to just sort of, you know, put yourself on, like, like when you do a post or whatever, right? You, you kind of put your shit out there. But, I mean, like, is it, do you, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know quite. No, I understand what you're asking. Yeah. Um, I would have to say, as of right now, I don't think we would really have that actual answer quite yet because social media hasn't been around for all that long. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to get an actual read on, like, what's really happening and what how, what it's changing about us because it just it hasn't it hasn't been around that long. You know, it's basically like a is it, yeah. Is it, what is generation? How many years is that? 18. 18 years is a generation? Supposedly. That was 100. <laughs> No, God, no. A generation No, is... I mean, like, how can you and your mother are different generations, right? So dumb. So, and is your mom 100 years older than you? She's 104. That's what I thought. Um, my mom is Edward Cullen. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> a generation, it's only a generation old. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't, who knows what, what. It's, it's probably two generations, don't you think, at this point? 20, yeah, maybe. Like, 90s is when the internet. I, I don't know, man. Well, I mean, that was. When it started, yeah. I remember AOL chat rooms. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Sure. You're right. But I feel like now we're inundated with it. And it's just our half of our life. Maybe a is generation on there. and a half. Half of our life is on there. So like, I don't, so I don't know. I don't, I guess that's the only place to really have those conversations for the most part, because um, most of our life has moved online, you know? But also, I mean, you're talking about like things where like for Twitter, for example, like you have a limited amount of characters, right? So it's not like... And there's nothing worse than a Twitter thread that you have to fucking unroll because it is 12 million like posts long. Right. So like, I mean, like, especially on Twitter and I don't even think on Facebook, like I feel like on Facebook, Facebook is a whole different beast. We can get into that. That's a monster. Old people know. It's just, yeah, (laughs) agree. And it's not, I mean, like to me, that's where, you know, I just stay connected with people, friends and family, photos and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, I think, you know, there are definitely like Facebook groups. It's Boomer, Boomer Central is like it is just a cesspool of like the worst fucking people. Like no matter what group you're in, no matter how innocuous the group too, right? One like, million percent. The You know, the, I'm a part of a couple of like Great Lakes, you know, rock hunters and stuff like that groups. And um, I mean, it is incredible how quickly something can like piss people off and you know like somebody asking for you know something like anybody have any recommendations on the (laughs) you know such and such area you know what are good beaches to go do your own damn work it's like dude I don't live here and that's what I'm trying to do I'm trying to you know what I mean it's like people just have no patience for anybody and it's like everybody just wants to go on and say their shit like I said they're looking you 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 sit in your chair you um for them they load up their old ass pc <laughs> and start like just looking for shit um i'm part of a um a northern lights group and there's always beef there's always fucking beef some people will be like oh i think i captured the lights and um 
a million people like that's the lights that's pollution that's this that's this and then there'll be beef from that and there's so much um there was actually a tiktok video see to me i think tiktok is sort of the pinnacle of social media for me just was it kind of has a finger on the pulse of what's going on the most because there's everything like there's a million different things to for follow. sure yeah but there was one video it was amazing that it was like so, you know, there, so your for you page is designed for you, right? And so let's say you like knitting, you're, you'll end up on knitting TikTok. Then there's going to be a lot of videos of knitting. And then you'll start- I, wait, I'm just wondering why you're looking at me so intently and saying knitting because I don't knit. You give me knitting vibes. Um, So you'll get on knitting TikTok. I do needlepoint. Okay. That's, oh, let's exactly. be clear. Okay. So this is, let me, let me get to the point because this actually has a little bit to do with it. So you'll, and then you'll start seeing like, there's some, usually some pretty popular creators for every niche, everything. Right. right. And so this girl asked in this TikTok video, what, is there drama or beef in any like weird kind of niche TikTok groups? And oh my God. And it, they were like, like there's, um, there's, uh, obviously there's like horse talk so there's like horses and there was huge beef going down between all the famous creators and horse talk there was tiktok there was or there was knitting there was um and then there was stitching jabbing with their knitting there, needles there there was um oh my god it was so funny the amount of weird little sub groups like subcultures in tiktok and then the beef that was going on there was soup soup talk was a big one there was a lot of beef wonder, going on there is there a beef beef if talk? you look it up right now, is there I, a beef talk? Is there a beef on beef talk? If you look it up right now, I guarantee fucking tea. <laughs> or is it more like pork? Uh, there was onion talk. So you found yourself on onion talk and there was ar- arguments on onions and shallots and are funions really onions? It's I'm not joking. And but I'm swear to God. And it's usually people with no content, no profile picture. And they're just trolling. Yeah. To start shit. You yeah. Know? And then, but then there are a lot of people who are, you know, you can tell sometimes you'll start to see certain people comment on a lot of videos, you know, yeah. there's, I mean, there's billions of people that use TikTok, but you still start to see like certain people comment and, um, uh, are we good? Oh yeah. Okay. You still start to see certain people comment and then you can kind of see like, oh, you're fucking looking for, you're, you're yeah. sitting there looking through videos there. So they're oh, one of my least favorite. And I'm not a parent, so I shouldn't say this, but there's this one woman that literally is just like a mom judge. And she goes through, like, there's this girl, um, this account, um, this woman named Mealy, Mia, not Mealy, Mia, and she had twin girls, and they're so fucking cute. And she had them really unexpectedly. The father's not in the picture. She was young. And she has them on TikTok a lot because everybody loves these babies, and these people make money. Once you're a creator that you have so many followers, you make money on each Oh, I know. I mean, it's impossible to, like, go outside anymore because of all of my followers. (laughs) So embarrassing. So she's... But this woman came for her fucking throat like you're making money off your kids blah 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 and she comes for she i i scrolled down on her whole page and she goes for everybody any mom that's on tiktok and and so she's like attacking all these people for doing all this stuff and she's actually doing the same stuff but in a different way like it just in a judgmental way those are my least favorite counts least favorite counts when you like when you see people looking for other people to shame that yes. says everything to me about like that's well, a and problem. To me, I think that's the thing. I think that social media does a good job of maybe sparking a conversation. Yes. But I don't know that it's really necessarily 
the place where the conversation like really gets done. No, I does that make sense? Yes. You know, it's and I like, would say 95% of the time that's true. I I pride myself on um I'm be, like fucking humble. Like I know that I used to when I was younger, oh my god, I was so fucking like arrogant in my my thoughts and my opinions and you know, I was so confident that like everything I thought was right, right? And you know, and I'd speak all the time, kind of like that, like not in social media, but just in in life, you know, when I get a little older, I learned to shut the fuck up and listen. So I really try to listen to people. Like I've gotten into fights with people in comments. It's just, it just happens. Oh right? yeah. Oh and yeah. Now if it's and sometimes it's the most satisfying thing ever. Let's sure. Be real. Yeah. Oh, and, and I'd say about 95% of the time I do feel comfortable in my opinion. And I feel like the argument's valid and the person is just trying to either troll or like, they're being a jerk. I, there's a lot of misogyny on TikTok. And so like, and, and there's like young guys, like young kids who are like, sorry, that meant young goats. I didn't mean to say that. Um, <laughs> but they're like just jerks, you know? <laughs> um, But like, there are a couple times where I've kind of got into it and then I, I see their point and I'm like, okay, you know what? You're right. And I see what you're doing, you know, and most of the time I will say, I don't care how this comes off. Most of the time it's women. It's women who have a constructive like discussion and I'll see where they're coming from. And like, and I'll like kind of back up and like kind of try to like learn, you know, from this conversation. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's rare. Yeah. But I do see it every once in a while. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I think it's a cool thing where I can see like a communication start from like a fight. And then you can see if you read the thread going all the way down by the yes. end, like the people kind of like maybe learned a little bit from each other. Well, I mean, so uh, did I send you the key and peel text message thing clip? I don't know. Because it's so funny. And I mean, I think this is kind of like part of the problem with social media, too, is that like so much gets lost in translation, like Absolutely. tone. You yes. don't you can't get tone across. So there's this key and peel sketch where like they're texting about like meeting up and the way you know one of them is taking it is like oh you seriously man fuck you like mm. you know and the it's other guys so the, true, other, cause the other guys answering yeah sure cool whatever and he's whatever, like yeah. oh whatever you know oh, oh whatever yes. really you want to go now and he's like yeah sure let's go now and they're talking about going to the bar <laughs> he's I like love oh, that. really you want to go and he's like, yeah, I mean, that's fine. Let's go now, <laughs> you know? And it, so it's like, and it's just so, because it's exactly the problem with trying to get your point across on social media. Like, no matter how you say something, it can be found to be. Sure. You know, and these are strangers you're talking yeah. to. This even happens with friends, though. Do you ever get a text from somebody and they're like, okay, or they say something and you feel like, why are you mad at me? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. And these are your friends. Um, yes. just, like, yeah. And then we just be like, okay. That's why we always used to give you so much shit about just K. Because <laughs> and now I know it's a running joke. Yes. But like, you're like, are you mad at me? That's how I'd be. That's how I feel. I'd be like, are, are you mad at me for something? Or you just can feel somebody's tone in a text. Oh, yeah. When they're like, I don't care. Except really, it's your tone yes. in text. Yes. So uh, social media is even more difficult because you don't even know that person. So, yeah. I do. I think it's the place where, you know, fucking the, the healing should take place. No. But unfortunately, considering the fact that at least at least for most people, I'd say 50 percent of our life is online. 
like our social interactions have moved online so much. Yeah. That like especially with this pandemic. Yes. The it, never ending panty. At this point, it's kind of like Yeah, I guess it's kind of fucking what we're gonna have to do because there's no other way we're all gonna socialize, you know, we're all putting this group called the internet and like told to get along <laughs> and it's a fucking mess. I mean, I don't know. I I I hope because I see like you know, and some things like Instagram's a little more personal. I mean, I think I hate Instagram since fucking Facebook took it over or whatever. You and now it's meta. Like, <laughs> now it's all ads and like it's I rarely. Oh my see, god, it's so I'm many gonna, ads. I rarely see my friends' pictures, which is what I want to see. Same. Facebook is, you know, my sister lives in Kentucky. She's posts a lot of things of her kids and stuff like that. And that's what Facebook to, is to me, like the family yeah. stuff. Um, TikTok is my social media. That's where I go and like. But I've also like learned a billion things from the app. And like there's so much for me, there's so much more good that comes out of it than bad. Yeah. But still, still like seeing people communicate, it's just like and then an another thing. So and this is another big thing. Um, people, somebody will do something that's kind of problematic. And that like no matter what, no matter how much time has passed. 70% of the comments and most of them are young fucking white kids commenting this is just bringing up the thing they did. Yeah. You know? And I mean, again, that's not to say there shouldn't be accountability, but like, even if the person was held accountable and then had like, you know, I get like an apology is, and I mean, it's not even an apology for people who aren't affected by it to be, you know, it's not their apology to accept or deny, but if they actually took, you know, um, took uh responsibility for their actions it doesn't matter because at least 70 to 90 percent of the comments are about what they did right yeah you absolutely know? i mean there's no letting there's, it go and that's ugh. well i mean like so in terms of social media um i'd say over the past like year or so i've definitely changed kind of my relationship with it right sure. i mean like i used to be very um overtly political on Facebook and tried to like sway opinions, yeah. you know, with, you know, thoughtful, yes. uh, intelligent yeah. articles and posts and things like that. Right. Or, or PSAs sometimes <laughs> like your turn signal is not for you. It's for other people. Things like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but people don't want to hear that. Oh, no, they don't. <laughs> and so like, I really transformed, like I'd say within the past couple of years, like I've moved Facebook into that sort of realm of, okay, this is for like mostly like loose acquaintances and family and friends from a distance, right? Like I generally, like my close friends like that I see all the time, like you, I never see shit that you post, right? Yeah. I never see anything Amos posts. Yeah. You know, I use Facebook to stay in contact with, you know, my relatives and people that I don't get to see all the time. Sure. Yeah. So I keep it light now. So light. Yeah. Oh, I bet people really miss your PSA on fucking blinkers. <laughs> Quite sure they do. Because they were so valid. Oh, my God. I hate getting <laughs> Facebook memories. And when you, like, see what you wrote oh and you're God. like, oh, that is like, so cringy. I was so unbearable. But so that's what I've taken to Twitter yes. for, right? And Twitter is to be unbearable. Is to be unbearable. Yeah. Is to say, like, the shit, the shit talk that, you know, because 
because there I do feel like it just kind of goes into a void. Sure. But I get it off my chest and I feel better about it. Yeah. You know, every now and again, somebody likes it and you're like, I'm valid, you know, and Instagram, I don't really use very well. I to don't be use honest. it ever anymore. It's all fucking ads. Like, and, you know, every now and again, like I'll post photos and stuff on there just because I think they're cool photos. But to me, Instagram is mostly just a collection of cool photos. Yeah, I, I like it for when I take my pictures. I like to have them all in one place. Yeah. Like I have like having that. But other than that, um, I won't scroll Instagram. Like there's no, I barely see people that I know. It's literally just shit. Exactly. And Facebook is shit, to yeah. be fair. Um, there's this one guy that posts videos on Facebook groups and he just reads the comments and he has a thickest fucking Boston accent. And it's from these neighborhoods around Boston. And it's so fucking funny the way that people are just unhinged on Facebook and they're all older. They're all like, you know, 60s and 70s and they're fucking unhinged on Facebook. Just they'll say whatever. There's, there's <laughs> I mean, I, I can't really worry about my digital footprint. Yeah. I mean, I just mess. I think that that's kind of where I am, like in terms of social media is, yeah. you know, and I do try to keep it a little bit too. A minimum at this point because it's such a fucking time suck yeah oh i'm on tiktok like seven hours a day i don't care i mean yeah. i hate to say it but like i'm not doing Listen, much else <laughs> i'm on twitter way more than i need to be yeah and mostly it's because that's pretty much the fastest place to find out news yeah anymore you know yeah. so it's like if i need to find out what's going on in the world like oh shit people are being held hostage in texas sure. at a you know jewish temple let's find out about it twitter yeah. You know? Yeah, I like um like that video today. There's a guy on um on TikTok today who's who's telling you running up his stairs 3,500 times because it's, it's the same amount of steps to like climb up Mount Everest. So he is going to do it. He's going to climb Mount Everest on his stairs, and like, but when you go face on Facebook or on uh, TikTok Live, people can donate gifts to you, which is like money, you know, like coins and stuff, and it adds up. And he's he's donating all the proceeds to St. Jude's, and so like. And he did a marathon last week in his bedroom. He had to run 3,000 times in a circle. And that was 27 miles. And at the end, he had a cane. And he was literally <laughs> like, but he did it. And he ended up making a shit ton of money and donating it all. So I think this is such a wild, like, I, well, I think for me, I love it. that is the thing. Like, the internet brings so much of the most wonderful shit out, you know, in yeah. people. Like, sir, sure. You could say this guy's got way too much time on his hands, right? Or you could say, what a creative way to fucking like raise money and spend your time. You I know? love it. It's I, fucking great. I feel like the one thing I like about TikTok um, is that I feel like it's a really big inside joke. Like there's a lot of people who are on it chronically and I am one of those. I will say it. Um, I'm on it a lot. And so I know a lot of videos that people are talking about and stuff, but then there's a lot of people who aren't on it that I'm friends with that don't know those videos. But then I go on it. I feel like it's like almost like friends. Like we're all in an yeah. inside joke of like, and I like that. I like that community. Well, but I think one of the things too, that is really interesting is like the different like standards for social media in other countries. So like there's a lot of like, you know, censorship and stuff from other governments. Sure. So there's a lot of shit that some of our international listeners will never even get to see or know about because of they might not even like get to hear us. Wait a minute. What am I even talking about right now? <laughs> but no, that but, was meta. Yeah, that was very meta. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. cause I've been learning a lot more lately about, um, just different standards in different countries about things that can be posted. Interesting. And it's so fascinating, you know, to like 
realize that like in certain countries, you know, there will be like uh, an agreement with such and such social media company. Right. And like and it has to do with like in terms of first person posting and third person posting and like re- retweeting or yeah. reposting things. And yeah, it's, like, that's interesting. How quickly things will get taken down, you know, and, and what kind of. um uh, consequences you'll face if you try to post any of that stuff in those countries and and what those companies face too the backlash against the sure. governments it's so it's very interesting stuff yeah I love that Twitter banned Trump imagine imagine uh, you know that made <laughs> oh, him so what he is that though that literally I know he has some fucking like scam accounts that he's thrown in there like Trump 2024 and stuff and like people are like Buddy, we know it's you. But I think <laughs> Honey, it's so you're going to go to jail, I swear. It's, it's so funny. Um, so overall, do you feel like you've had this experience? Like what we're talking about, um, you know, like I feel like you've been probably pretty enlightened for a, a while. But do you feel like there ever was a time that you weren't? Like you were offensive or you were that not ever once offensive, but I mean like all, your mindset wasn't aware of it at all. All the time. Yeah. All the time. And I, and I think I'm definitely still offensive. Do you sure. know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, there are, there are times where like something will come out of my mouth and I'll be like, whoa, you know, I mean, like it just slipped back into like eighth grade me. And yeah. suddenly I say something like, um, you probably shouldn't say it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, like I do say the term crazy a lot, right? Like, yeah. and, and like, and what we, you know, the information that we have about mental illness and stuff like that nowadays, yeah. right? I mean, it's like, it's kind of offensive, yeah. right? Sure. And well, depending on, you know, who is the audience. And so, I mean, that can be offensive and like, and I know that, and it's still one of those things that still comes out of my mouth every now and again. And I'll like, and in certain contexts, it will be a lot more shameful to me than in others sure. right you know like where I'll be like oh my god I could have thought way better about my choice of words there you know and so I mean I think that yeah I mean I definitely still struggle with that shit all the time you know I mean because the thing is is um I do want to be a better human in terms of that that kind of stuff yeah. right but I also don't want to feel muzzled. And I think that's one of the biggest things that like a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of people, you know, are, you know, feeling that way that they are muzzled and that's why they want to be able to say whatever shit they want to say, no matter how offensive it is. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of the thing, like when we're talking about like cancel culture or, um, what, what did it used to be? It woke, not woke, but, uh, it used to be, uh, Oh, politically correct right yeah. now it's it's politically correct is so 90s it's the I love same it. thing right <laughs> yeah. but now it's woke and, and cancel culture woke and all the was things. 2000s it really, early 2000s but do you know what i'm yes, saying yes, this yes. is the evolution of of it and i think that like um that there's a neil gaiman quote that i love about it and it's ultimately like when you look at it i can't remember the quote exactly but it has something to do with you know, it isn't about being politically correct. It's about respecting people and their identities. Sure. And that's what you really need to like, that's the perspective that you need to come from. And that's kind of what's lost in the whole conversation because people are wanting to be able to say what they want to say without being called out on it. Right. Mm -hmm. And have those conversations, those difficult conversations, um, 
And yet at the same time, it's, it's, you're not allowed to have those conversations because you're going to get called out on the indelicate things that you say. Sure. And so that's where I feel like most people are coming from when they're saying, you know, that they want to be able to say what they want to say. Yeah. Um, I think some of, some of those people, they're a lot just, of those people just, just want to yeah. be hurtful and, yeah, and dicks. And, yeah. But there are a lot of like really genuine people sure. who do want to learn how to have these conversations that just don't know how to have the conversations. And that's why this kind of stuff, like that's why people like Trump appeal to them, right? Yeah. Because he's able to say whatever he wants to say and he gives them the permission to say Absolutely. whatever it is that they want to say. And even if they are coming from a place of, you know, wanting to do better. Like they're not coming from the perspective of what I'm trying to do is learn how to respect this, this person or this culture. They're coming from the perspective of, well, why can't I do this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so sure. that's sort of like the twist that needs to happen. Like you just kind of need to change your perspective. Yeah. It's not about you. <laughs> yeah. You can talk however the fuck you want to. Sure. There will be consequences to that. Right. But you can also talk however you want to with respect and actually learn from it. And if you are respectful, I think then you're good. Yeah. So does that make sense? Yeah. No, because that's kind of where I feel like I fall. Like I try, you know, when I was younger, I didn't did not have a lot of accountability and I didn't think a lot about what I said. Or did, for that matter. Like, I did, you know, stupid things and things that, like, are definitely offensive and, like, said things that are definitely offensive. And, you know, and but and I had this whole idea of, like, yeah. Definitely offensive. Yeah, this yeah. whole idea of, like, well, it's a joke. First of all, we need to get rid of that fucking statement. It's a joke. It's a joke. But I feel like, you know, the last, yeah, I mean, I'll even say the last 10 years, I've changed a lot. You know, I've really, like, tried to open myself up to those conversations and learn a little bit more. Um, and I'm still not like, you know, great at it, but I feel like I'm a lot better. But um, that's why I wanted to have this conversation tonight is because I want to celebrate not the resolutions, but the revolutions that we yeah. actually did make some big changes. And like as people, you know, and I feel like having this conversation is part of the process, too. So Oh, for sure. I mean, I think that is like what you just said is is really important is that, yes, we need to continue to have the conversations and make the changes and and be able to like say the things that we don't know how to say and not be judged for it. Right. Yeah. Like we need to be able to have those indelicate conversations. Like if, you know, you and I want to have a conversation about, let's have a conversation about, you know, being gay or something. Yeah. Right. And you don't have the language around it. Right. But so you're going to, you come at it with, Words that maybe you don't you don't know if they're appropriate or not. Sure. You know, it's like, oh, can I say gay? Is that okay? Yeah. It's like, yeah. As long as you and I are having an open conversation and you're being respectful yeah. about it, let's have the conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's best way to learn. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I also don't think that like everybody's down for that. And that's okay too. Like not everybody needs to fucking be your teacher. Yeah. Sometimes you have to go elsewhere. Well, that's that. that's a really, really, really important thing to take away from this conversation is that it is not anybody's job to fucking teach you. It's your job to teach yourself. I can't stand when I see like comments on videos um, to black creators and the people are like, well, can you explain like why this is, you know, offensive or why this is wrong? And now their heart's in the right place. They're wanting to learn, but it's not the job of a black creator to fucking teach you. You can teach yourself because it's I mean. 
I don't, it's exhausting. It's not like you can't be, you, they, people have to exist outside of all of that. And you don't need to be fucking, you're not responsible for educating other people, you know? And I just think that that's a Unless big, you take that on. If I mean, you want to, yeah. sure. And most people, I will say most people do. And most people are gracious about it, you know? But definitely, I think it's important that if you want to learn something, you should also take it upon yourself you don't get to take somebody's energy, you know, away from them just so they have to spend that time trying to teach you. It's not, you know, somebody else's life isn't a teachable moment. It can be, right. it doesn't have to be. And it's not, and if that person doesn't take that time to teach you, it's not their fault. They don't should not be like, oh, well, you know, they didn't even say what's offensive about this. So like kind of a fuck it attitude, you know, like, no, take the time to learn. If you want to learn, learn. So I think that's a, another big thing that we, uh, we all need to work on. Agree. All in all, do you think that you've had a revolutionary year or a transformative year? Or do you think that maybe looking forward, you'd like to have a little bit more revolutionary year this year? Yes. I think that last year was, um, I got some big ideas, right? Okay, there are some things that I've really worked hard on, which is, like we talked about this before. It's kind of a weird thing to put out there, but I don't care. I've worked hard on my credit. I've never had credit. I never had bad credit, but I've had credit because I moved around and I lived in places well, that not I could... having credit is bad credit. Exactly. Right? But I like, oh, I bought my cars <laughs> so with weird. cash. Like I owned my cars. Yes. You know, I've always prided myself on never overextending myself. Right. But this last year I was like, oh my God, I need this shit together, you know? And I busted ass. And like, I did really well. I got like really ahead financially in that way. Like, so that was like kind of big for me. That was kind of what I wanted to focus on. But um, so like you started building credit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so like um, getting some credit cards finally and getting stuff like, and I'm, I'm really good with money. I manage it, manage it well. Right. I didn't used to as much when I was younger, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Managing what? Exactly. So <laughs> I can't even manage my time, girl. So now, but this year, there are a few things on the horizon that I definitely, um, you know, would like to change. Um, I think we always probably have that. It's very hard for me to live in the moment instead of thinking about, oh, if I fix this or I do that, it's going to be better for me. This is my life will be better. You know, I used to when I was younger, it was like, oh, I needed to go here to do this. My life would be good. I need right. to do that. And it's really hard for me to get out of that. I still struggle with that a lot. Yes. But I have a little bit more perspective now. So I also know that some of the changes I want to make are actually changes that will benefit my daily life. Not just I, this like romantic of idea of like, I'll make this change and then everything will be great. Right. You know? Yeah. Um. So, but I think the the foundation of that is really about growing as a person. You know what I mean? Like all the outside things you can manage and you can manage better if you're um, a more complete person for me, you know? And I well, feel I think, like, I've, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably just true in general. I feel like I've really learned a lot about myself this last year. This has been a really introspective year. Yeah. Um, is that the right word? Yeah. Respect, right. Okay. So I mix my words up some, but, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that it was an important year. It was good like that. Yeah. You know? So, um, but I really hope that some of those ideas and stuff kind of come to fruition. This yeah. Year. I'm with you. I mean, I feel like this past year has been a challenge in a lot of ways just because, you know, we had, we came in with, uh, this pandemic still raging and you know like yeah 
you know, we knew vaccines were coming and stuff, but it still felt like, when the fuck is it happening? And, you know, and when can I get it and all of the things. And then like, we started getting the vaccines and we started, you know, doing all the things. And then like a bunch of fucking people didn't. So we're still fucking all stuck with this shit all around us morphing into worse and other variants you know so it's just been like this sort of roller coaster ride of like ah, I feel safe and protected and now oh my god I'm still not fucking completely safe and protected even though I'm I'm way better off than people who aren't vaccinated I mean it's just been a fucking shit show in terms of all of that stuff sure it's really hard to work on yourself outside of that in any way it is like it's hard to not spend all your time just getting through that and that's okay if you did those last couple years if you found yourself breaking down that's completely understandable. I mean, the anxiety of just going to the store can be overwhelming, especially when you do it regularly and you're yeah. like worried about, you know, not necessarily yourself because you feel protected with the, you know, with the vaccine and the masks and all the things, but like other people, it's like, okay, even though I'm vaccinated and I'm probably not going to get sick or very sick. I can still pass it to somebody who yeah. gets it. Yeah, that very was sick. And that's definitely. the terrifying thing of it. And what's so exhausting about it, right? I mean, it's just, I'm kind of at a point where like, oh my fucking God. And I know we all are. Yeah. But get fucking vaccinated already. So the Please. rest of us can just fucking live our lives. Yeah. Unfortunately, <sighs> I, I do. I really do think this is some kind of weird endemic in we're going to have to have this in our, you know, so I like agree. I mean, I, I feel I like it was right. really easy to sort of shame people a long as an, time ago. To, as like, an epidemiologist myself. Yes. 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 I absolutely. We are that. an epidemiological. We are doctors. Podcast. Doctors who are not doctors. That. We can't say that legally. We are doctors who are not doctors. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a doctor of the I'm, law. I'm a doctor of Dre. Hey, you know what? You perform minor surgeries on yourself all the time. Uh, You're an and my mom. I performed surgery on my mom's foot once. So honorary doctor. Yeah. Um. No, I do. I I feel like I have done a couple light surgeries. Yeah. I, an appendectomy. I did that once. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably. Yeah. Helpful to do that at home. They didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't imagine that they would. They didn't. They passed. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, but um, but ultimately, I mean, this year has been. I also had kind of a big birthday at the end of the year, and like that actually oh, really affected me in ways. Happy that, birthday! Oh, thanks. That's not what I was. I wasn't fishing. You were <laughs> really. I also wasn't. had. She did the way that she looked at me, listeners. No. You did. You were like, I really had a big birthday this year no i'm just kidding i was talking about like the way it affected me like i don't i didn't expect it fucking birthday though you're my favorite human go ahead thanks lol um i don't know why that happened i'm embarrassed i love it lol i'm old anyway um and it really did it affected me in 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 ways that like no other birthday really has and I don't know, like certain things kind of started to come into like sharper focus for me, you know, in terms of, yeah, what you're saying is true. Yes, there's always that the, you know, want to change the desire to like make oneself better and all of this stuff. And it's like, I think that's one of the things that I'm terrible at. And that is actually implementing any of those things. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, following through. I think that's is pretty ter- is what I'm terrible at. I think that's pretty true for most people, to be fair. Like it 
I feel like that's the problem with re- revolution. Nope, resolutions is that it's this is kind of this sort of like, oh, I didn't follow through with it, so fuck it. Like it's not, you know, like there's a whole like it's sort of kind of like, oh, great, now you can add beating yourself up a little bit to the mix because you didn't follow through with it. Right. You know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree, and. And I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this. Well, that's why we're focusing on revolutions, not resolutions. In that way of like realizing, like, I'm not a young person by any stretch of the imagination anymore. You know, it's like I can't even like fool myself with it. Right. Like, you can like kind of go through your everyday life and feel how you feel. And, you know, you look in the mirror and you see what you see and you know and sometimes it's you as you are and other times it's you as like mm, not how you are at all right like body dysmorphia age dysmorphia all the kinds of things oh age dysmorphia I've never thought of that that makes sense so it's a really big thing fuck yeah I mean you know yeah you have you know that you're like 8,500 years old, but you really feel like an 18 year old. Sure. And so like in your mind, you're still this like youthful, exuberant person, but what your body can actually handle is a totally different thing. And what your body shows is actually a totally different thing. It's, it's, it's a weird thing aging. And I always imagined myself when I was younger as being somebody who would age so gracefully. And um, you fucking have literally, I will say this, honestly, you have the best skin I've ever seen. Your face is so clear and okay. You look hydrated as fuck. That's all. Thank you. But that's not what I'm trying to. Well, regardless, that should be that not should be, but that is a concern for many people. And um, you won in that department. Your skin looks great. Thank you. You're welcome. And it's totally wrinkle free, except it's not. It's really beautiful, though. (laughs) So not. And and that's the thing. You know, it's like you notice those things and you notice that the cracks and the crevices and and being able to be okay with them is one thing versus like actually being okay. You know, I mean, like you can say you're okay with them, but actually being okay with them is a different thing. So it's a tough thing to reconcile. It is. It's a hard thing to reconcile. I mean, like I thought I would be the person who would be like, oh, I'm just going to let my hair go and not dye it. And I'm going to do all these things. No, guess what? I still have vanity. Yeah. And I still dye my hair. Yeah. You know, so I mean, like that's kind of the weird thing about the whole aging thing. And I don't know. That's really interesting. That's I think it's aging is um Definitely something we should talk about more. We should totally do an episode on aging. But um, what you're saying there when you are a certain age versus what the age that you feel, I have a really, really hard time with that in the way that like when I'm online, I'm talking to people and I'm kind of like, well, hello, fellow kids. But I I mean, I know the- Did you just call them goats? I- Hello, fellow goats. I love that. Hello, goats. I um, hello, goats. It's Tuesday, it's isn't it? Tuesday. I feel like I have the. Uh, this is gonna make me sound old, but I mean, and I don't mean old as in like my age is old. I mean old as in the way that like when you just generally think of old, because old is another thing that could be for offensive. sure. I, I mean, agree. We totally do yeah. need to do an old episode. Yes, but but like I feel like I have the uh, um, vernacular. What does that mean? Like sort of. Uh, your speech yes okay so the vernacular down vocabulary with like the youths um and i mean not even by trying to seem young but that's just kind of how i end up finding myself talking to like mostly when i'm on yeah online you know like i just found sort of 
find myself like just talking like that. Um, but like also there are certain things too about me that I feel my age. Like I notice socially, um, I do, I mean, I just, I don't really go out as much. I don't like, you know, I'm really found like, um, kind of like that more like a, a happy place at home and stuff yeah. like that. And I used to, I, oh my God, I used to have so much FOMO, so much. I always felt like I needed to be out because I'm like, oh, I'm going to miss out this that, and the other. I don't give a fuck anymore. Listen, you know what? Like I had FOMO, like I feel like my entire life until like I met Amos and I stopped having FOMO. I just, it, it just went and away. It, and and it's, it, it isn't about Amos. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's not like, oh, I feel like she's fulfilled this hole inside me. That's <laughs> not what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying though is, is that like, uh, she is a very like social butterfly person who does have FOMO, like who needs sure. to be out and about and do the things. And I, I don't say that in any kind of like negative judgment or anything. No, you know, it's no, just it's a just, yeah. total difference between us. But it is one of those things where I was like, oh, I don't feel that way all the time. Like I actually am way more comfortable sometimes saying, nope, I'm good. Let's, yeah. I'm going to stay at home. Yeah. Well, I. And, I, so, and she was the one who actually brought that into stark contrast for me, you know? Well, I kind of always appreciated that about you because you are that person that's like, okay, socially you can be there. But also I know that socially you could not be there and still be okay. Like, I don't know why, but it was like a, a fucking like anxiety that I used to have about like needing to be out a certain amount just so that I felt like I was like kind of functioning with you know, like society and my friends and stuff like that. Whereas now this last year, I've really allowed myself, actually I'd say the last two years, allowed myself to, to that space to like, really, okay, really figure out what it is I actually do and don't like instead of what I think I should and shouldn't like. And I've learned like staying home and I like this and I like that. Like it's it's really comforting. Fuck, I feel it's nice, and I love that about age. Yeah, you know, it is still hard to reach a certain age. Like, and it's awkward for me sometimes in conversations. If like somebody asks how old I am and stuff, I try to not care. I I generally don't give a fuck, but every once in a while, depending on the situation, I'm like, it feels weird to say my age. But then, like, I, you know what? Here's the thing. Yes. For me, it always felt a little weird to say my age. And the response that I always got was, oh, but you so don't look your age. Yeah. Right. And I I wallowed in that and I sure. enjoyed that as like a compliment of sure. some sort. But also, like I did have a friend in law school who got pissed about shit like that. She was the oldest person in our law school class and she was from India and she and I used to like hang out and study together all the time. And on her birthday when, or well, her birthday was on Christmas. So we actually never spent her birthday together, but we were talking about birthdays coming up and, and somebody said to her, uh, you know, oh, you don't look, you know, whatever age, you know, sure. Anu. And she got so mad and she didn't get mad at them, but she told me about it later when we were hanging out. And she was like, what the what the hell is wrong with people? I look my age. I, yeah, I am my earned age. Ooh, every I like yeah. single one of these gray hairs on my head. And she only had a little streak, you know. <laughs> but she was like, you know, she was that person who was just like, she found the American way of saying, but you don't look your age, which is supposed to be a compliment, right? Yeah. 
in, intended to be a compliment. She took that as like an insult. So it's kind of interesting in terms of, you know, culture too. you know, the people that actually want to recognize and, you know, feel their age or or at least uh, be respected for, you know, where they've come and and how far they've gone, you know? So it's kind of like that interesting, like, perspective that I had never had before. And it is interesting, you know, people say, oh, you don't look your age. And it is supposed to be a compliment. But why is that a compliment? Ageism. And there's so much of it. Right. And like, think about this. Um, Do you play video games at all on your phone? Okay. Nerd. Yeah. I'm a total nerd. But there are these like brain apps, right? Have you ever seen the ads for brain apps at all? Like, oh, play this game and you can find I play out your surgery age. on my phone. Okay. So, but have you ever seen these even on Facebook or sure. anywhere? Yeah, like yeah I know the, what you're talking about. Yep. The games where you'll, they'll guess your air, they'll tell mm-hmm. you your brain age, right? It's funny because if you do poorly, they always guess your brain or take your brain age up. Yeah. Right? Oh, you're 79 years old, even though you're only. 32 they never take you down yeah which is interesting right I mean like because to be fair lots of people are uneducated and don't know a lot of things in our country and and in a lot of ways could very well be the mentality or have the mentality of you know a 15 year old yeah yeah but no instead it comes out as that of a 79 year old do you know what I'm saying it's like because what we've decided is that aging is the bad thing yeah well i mean like in this conversation we had we talked earlier i made that i said boomers like five times and i mean to be fair on facebook y'all are a little unhinged but um <laughs> yeah no it's totally it's totally ages see this is what it looks like when you recognize that you're saying something that is contributing to part of the problem which i realized that i did about 10 to 15 times tonight and as an official member of aarp I'm disappointed. Yeah, I'm disappointed myself too because honestly, it's kind of a dick move and it's shitty and I should be called out on it. And honestly, I didn't recognize it either. So, hey, I should also be called out on it. Um, And like, yeah, I mean, there's so much focus around age and women especially. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah, it's all fucking hard anyway. Are we in crushes? I think we we should get to crushes. But are we still in the main part? Okay. Yeah. I kind of got lost there. So no, but we can get, let's to, get to, crushes. to crushes. All right, let's get to crushes. <laughs> no resolution. Let's get to crushes. Revolution, not resolution, baby. Amen. It's been so long. I, I was waiting so for long. you. Go ahead. I was waiting here. I want to know you. Crushes. The crushes. Keep going. I want to hear Time it. Time for the crushes, Nicole. What do you have for me this week? Okay. You my... must have somebody. So um, I told you the story earlier, but I'm going to tell it because, you know, online. Um, I wanted to watch Yellow Jackets, right? That new show on Showtime. And so I was pretty excited. Yeah, it looks so good. Yeah, so I found found this show, whatever, and I watched it. And it was like an episode. I was like, this is so fucking different. Like, where's Christina Ricci? Blah, blah, blah. We're... Needless like, to say, did she have the kind of makeup on that I just can't even recognize her? I ended up watching Yellowstone. No, I don't know how it happened, but I did, and it was very different. However, 
it's a really fucking good show. Like I, I said before, it's it reminds me so much of Succession, but like instead of New York City and sort of like media conglomerate, there it's a um, a ranching family, like a family from Wyoming that are they're billionaires, but in a whole different way, right? Um, well, the the daughter who I assume it's kind of like Shiv Roy, right? But um, her name is Beth Dutton. Oh my god! First of all, she's literally the hottest woman on the planet. Um, the a- the actress is Kelly Riley. She also played in uh, Pride and Prejudice, the 2005 version with Kira Knightley, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and she's so beautiful. But as the character Beth Dutton, she's like Shiv. Okay, just but imagine with um, uh, what's uh, what's um, what's his name? The younger brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is his name? I don't remember. Culkin. I, I haven't watched him. It, Kieran, I haven't watched is it Succession. Kieran Culkin? Is that his name? It's Kieran Culkin. Yeah, yeah. Who, his character is his personality, but him and Shiv, like, together. Okay. She's fucking brutal and funny and mean, and, and she's so hot, and I just love her, and so she's my crush this week. Isn't it funny how we always come up with, like, people in, like, shows and stuff who are, like, awful and terrible and all yes. the worst things and we're like oh my god they're the best and yet in real life they'd be like legit the worst, the worst people. she's i mean she's just a, she's a fucking bulldozer like it just like politically socially everything she's so scheming and like mean and just yeah obviously i'm in love with her so, obviously yeah i mean it makes perfect sense roman roman is his roman name. yes yeah so kind of like roman and shiv together so funny though I fucking love her okay so, yeah okay well my crush this week is going to have to be Miss Tessa Marie my little baby baby my little baby she's so cute our uh, LA correspondents Andrea and Todd have given birth to Miss Tessa Marie who is the most perfect beautiful she's creature beautiful. ever to she has beautiful hair on any planet and it's a constant mohawk and I love that for her so much I I love I love this baby yeah she's already I'm not a baby girl. I'm not a baby person but this baby yeah I'm a baby person for I it. love it yeah like you can I cannot get enough pictures of her do you know what I'm saying yeah like she's oh, are you joking you see my phone it's all Harlan yeah, yeah. it's so yeah I love and babies. so one of my my favorite things so I did get to meet her which I'm so grateful for, yeah. you know. I mean, like, oh, I got to meet her like two weeks. Huh, was it? No, it was like a week after she was born. I mean, like, I was just that's amazing, stupid, like stupid cute. Um, yeah, this baby has changed lives. It does. Yeah, I mean, my yeah. nieces and nephews are like when Kylie was first born. I've never loved anything so much. I mean, I love my family. I've never loved anything. Yeah. Like when I first met Kylie and I would spend. That was the weirdest fucking noise. That was came that from your me. throat or mine? That was my throat. Um, <laughs> that came from like the bottom though. I don't know where that came from. That was really fucking weird. Sorry, guys. Anyway, um, Kylie had these big old ears and this bald head and she was so cute. And I would just hold her. I remember I'd cross my legs and I sounds very dangerous. It slightly was. And I'd put her on the little part of my foot and I go and bounce her. <laughs> she shouldn't shake a baby. But I don't know. It was, a, it was a different time back then, but she loved it. And my mom, so my mom has a lot of grandkids now, you know, and they all love my mom. Everybody loves my mom. Anybody's met my mom. Sweetest person. Yeah, obviously. But 
Kylie, she had that special fucking bond with Kylie. You know, my sister was young when she had her. She was only 11. Yeah. I'm just kidding. What? <laughs> You just said, and I was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> your face?" No, no, no. She was, uh, she was nineteen. She was twenty, nineteen or twenty. Anyway, so she was, but she was still so pretty. Like, young. Wait, what? Anyway, your face was so <laughs> priceless. I love doing that to people. But she was like nineteen or twenty. But, um, you know, and my mom was just head over heels in love, and she would sing this song called "Pretty Girlfriend." It was a pretty girl from Pretty Girlfriend. Nana loves you, and we would just sing it all day to her, and Kylie would laugh out loud. And I just, I've never loved anything yeah, more than that it's like the wildest it is so weird because it's like I made a decision to love her the second I kind of found out about her yeah right? I, and I love her too though I love Andrea and Andrea's well and that's yeah. part of it like I feel like that's the thing it's like I mean you know I mean the same with like my brother's kid but I haven't met him yet yeah right yeah so and then my other brother's kid and I don't have any connection to them right yeah. so it's like that. I knew this would be a big one for you. Yeah, I yeah. mean, but this one, I mean, this baby, yeah. I, I got to meet her, and I'm gonna get to be a part of her life, and absolutely, I, you be know, huge part of her life. am so grateful for that, and uh, I love that. Good um, God, when she smiles, it's, it's like, we need to the get the whole them, entire yeah. universe is lit up. You know, we need to get them back out this way. Oh, I want to meet that baby. I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. I want to meet that baby. I'm pretty sure yeah. that's going to happen. I'm yeah. so happy for you. Yeah. It's a love like no other. I mean, no, I'm absolutely. And you know, the best part is like in Jaden, same thing. All my nieces and nephews, all Stacy's kids. I have a younger, two younger half brothers um, that I don't see a lot, but one of them has a son, Keaton, and I've only met him once and I would love to have more time, you know, time with him in my life. I love that kid too. But like, I mean, all of them. It's so fucking cool. They're all my best friends. Yeah. All my best friends. Like, it's like, for sure. I mean, like, Nihal, like, I already feel like I have a relationship building with him, even though I haven't met him yet. Yeah. They're going to be your best the, Yeah. He's the one in Malaysia. And, like, but it's also going to be, like, a much more distant relationship. Sure. I feel like, you know, whereas well, this is the baby. Yeah. Well, the good, the good thing about social media, though, is that you have that. Agreed. Option to be a lot Absolutely. more. That's why I will never get rid of Facebook because my sister Stacy, you know, she posts all the kids, everything that's going on in her life. She posts those on Facebook because it's, you know, it's really hard to individually send a bunch of people yes. pictures. So it's much easier to put pictures out, tag everybody, which she does. And so I love that. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, like considering we said, some that's what Facebook is for. I, sort of making I might be able to be down there with them for a while you know yeah I I mean I've never I've never lived there I love those kids to death yeah you know Chloe's seven Gunner's five Landon's 11 Gabe is like two-ish or something and they're just I've never you know I'd love to live around those kids Mm -hmm. and be near them for a while and they're so great and just I don't know when I'm down there god again all my best friends I know exactly what you but mean, up here yeah. like Kylie is uh, you know a bit older still my best friend in the world Jaden's a teenager so my best friend though I love them all and nieces and nephews are like the fucking coolest thing ever and they all love me because you know and you're gonna be the cool aunt too although Andrea's really cool too so they're really lucky to have like the cool mom and cool aunt. Yeah. You know, like my sister Jennifer is a fucking cool mom. Yeah. You know, I mean, Stacy's same. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they're all gonna, like, it's really fun to have that. Yeah. I mean, Amos is definitely like the cool aunt with our nephews. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that for yeah. her, you know, and, and she's got that real connection with them. And I don't. Yeah. 
And I don't know. I don't know if it's just that, like, I feel a little bit more disconnect, I, you know, with her family. I don't know if it's yeah. that, you know, I just haven't made that effort. And maybe that's true, too. It's just it's just different. It's different yeah. now, you know. It's so it's so weird. I don't know how to explain. Well, it. you you and Andrea are really close. That's, and that's I think that's different. probably part of it. Yeah, you know, like I said, like Caden, I don't, you know, I, I love my brothers. I don't see them often or talk to them as much, and I've never been able to be close to him. And you know, I mean, yeah. I still love him, but like I don't have really any connection. Whereas like yeah, Jen like, was, you know, she was like my little sister. You know, Jen and Stacy are my obviously my best friends in the world, my yes. sisters. And we were all miserably close. Yeah, I think there's sister the thing. Yeah. It's like and so with like, my one brother, like I don't feel an, a, any connection to his child because he and I have no connection. Well, and the thing is, do you know what too, I'm saying? Yeah. Like I think she's like one of the cutest fucking like kids on the planet, and she's smart and she's beautiful. She's all the things, but she's also like just somebody else's kid to me one of whereas the, yeah. like with my my sister and then also my brother like yeah. it really does feel like I'm way more closer connection yeah. so that yeah I think you're right it has to do with the connection that you have with the parents as well I do I don't I don't want to say this for everybody because I don't think it runs true but I do see um a running kind of joke online is about like oh my god I'm gonna be part of you're the dad's side of the family and there is the kid so the kids on like dad's side of the family are never close as close as the ones on mom's side of the family so i wonder if there's something like brothers kids have a tendency i feel like their kids might be closer to assuming we're talking about like you know a heterosexual cis relationship um whereas the father you know like the kids are closer to the mother's side there's something about mother side of the family that ends up like somehow or another a lot of kids end up closer to the mother side so I don't know maybe it's a brother sister thing because brothers aren't like I remember I dated somebody who had a brother who had a kid and the, I remember her mom was so she was upset a lot because she felt like he wasn't coming around a lot with the baby right whereas they were always spending time at his wife's family's house and I feel like that's something is something maybe it's just the way like men are socialized or something like they don't feel that need to bring the kids to their family's house as much as the like the mom has the need to bring their kids to the family like you know mothers and daughters like bring their kids to their mom a lot I don't know so I wonder if it's something to do with maybe like brothers or a little there's a little distance there in that way yeah no I mean yeah. that's an interesting yeah concept I mean I do know that like I mean I know that for my mom it definitely is something that she is you know that my sister is definitely you know relying on her a lot for you know different advice and things like that um whereas i i don't think that my brothers have that's what i mean i mean again it's a a really heteronormative take which is but i think that yeah yeah i mean i think that's partly you know like well my mom had me so i'm gonna ask my mom for advice about exactly yeah and again very heteronormative take but i think i see that a lot whereas like mm, you know, assuming that you're in a straight relationship, you know, women have a tendency to like look to their mom for support. Not always, but often. Whereas men don't seem to look to their 
mom is, you know, or parents even for that matter, as much support. Like it seems like a really there's like a little bit of a disconnect there. I've 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 seen that a lot with like, yeah, yeah. So like dad's side of the family is always a little more distant, whereas mom's side of the family. It seems yeah, like I mean, like of- in my personal life, like I would say that like I have uh, equal aunties and uncles on both sides that I love and adore and equal aunties and uncles on both sides that I could care less about. Sure. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so I feel like in terms of my life, I I don't know if that necessarily rings true. Yeah. Well, I mean, nothing rings true for everybody, but like, but you know what, if it doesn't ring true for me, then it can't be true for anybody. Period. Well, I will say it's true for me though, because my dad, your experience is obviously wrong because my experience is different than yours. So listen, my dad, (laughs) I kind of met my, my dad's dad really late in life. I was in like seventh grade when I met him, my dad reconnected with him. Um, and he lived in Florida and then I moved down to Florida with my dad for a while. Uh, and so I, I knew him and he had a, a different wife at the time. My dad's mom died, um, pretty early on. I guess it was like two or three something. So I don't remember her. Um, but my dad's brother, we were really close to, but then he just dipped when I was like 15. I don't know. You know, I still see him. I saw him at my dad's funeral, but like, I haven't seen him since or anything. Uh, he's kind of a dick to be honest. I don't even care about saying that Yeah. because uh, whatever. Um, but, uh, I did find out not too long ago that my dad has a sister in Alaska that is in prison. What? For like a pretty big crime, I guess. Wow. Yeah. So I I would love to learn more about it, but that's dad's side of the family. That? (laughs) Like dad's, my mom's side of the family. I'm like so fucking, we're all intertwined, but there's something about dad's side of the family. That's The cousins from dad's side of the family. I mean, and also to be fair, like my mom's one sister is sort of like my second mom. So. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Listen, again, th- that's a very, very sort of like old term heteronormative set. You know, like it's changed now. I hope that familial relationships are different and a little more like progressive. But I do yeah, think I'm there's sure something to be said. There's something sure. to be said for, you know, people like women having babies and turning to their mother a lot often, you know. So I don't know. For don't know. sure. Yeah. All right, so crushes. I mean, I'm sure dudes turn to their daddies for advice on how to be a daddy. Yes, I I love that for them. You know, Um, I'm I'm sure that happens. Yes, and I'm quite sure that that's happened, like with Todd. Yeah, he's he's that guy. Well, I mean, same with like to be there. Yeah, with Eric, you know, Jen and Eric. Like Eric's parents are have been a pretty big part of it. Um. You know, yeah. they've been a big part of it, but like Eric and you know, as a first time dad and stuff like that. So I'm sure he's turned to his dad a lot with it. For sure. Um and maybe I think of that with my family because it's just it's me, and my sisters, my mom, and my grandma, and we're so fucking up each other's asses in our life. Like we can't do anything without calling each other all the time and discussing every decision we ever make. So I mean, okay, listen, the best thing my mom ever said to me was when she said, you know, I don't even think of you and Andrea as my daughters anymore. You're just my sisters. <laughs> so <laughs> she thinks of us as her sisters. Yeah. it's like- And that honestly was like one of the best things. I mean, as an adult, right? I mean, it's like she was definitely a mom yeah. when we were kids. She was not our friend. She was a parent. She yeah. parented us. She did all the things. And sure. I fucking went through hatred with her. And I'm sure she went through hatred with me. But we kind of came out on the other end, and now we're like at that place where, like, we're now. Do you have a like, group chat? Oh yeah, 
Of course. <laughs> of course we do. And so we're kind of out on the other yeah. end of that. And I love it so much. Me like, too. When my mom told me that she thinks of Andrea and I as her sisters, I was like, there's no higher compliment. She's like, but that makes me a bad mother. And I'm like, no, no. it doesn't. Yeah, no. you're, you're past that, mom. You did your job. Yeah. You did it. Like, with my sisters and my mom, I, it's just, a, it's a, it's the best kind of mess. Like, Jenna and I are always teasing my mom about how Stacey's her favorite. But, and I don't know. It's just that we're constantly, it's like fighting love, fighting friendship, this, that, you know, and we're just, we're so, we can't do anything without consulting each other. Anything. We're, we talk all the time, all day. It's out of control. So, I don't know. Yeah. So, we love them. We love them. Um, and our crushes. Yes. And our crushes. And this long ass episode. <laughs> It was, was right brought there. to you by Keller Kitty Studios. I hope you guys stuck with us till the end because now you can find out how to find us on social medias. If you want to find us on Facebook, you can find us at Queerdos. And if you want to find us on Instagram, you can find us at Queered Podcast. There it is. Stay weird. Be queer. Happy 2022. Oh my God. 2022. Tell me all about it, Keller.